So if you have a Bible, please turn back uh, to the third letter of John. um, And we're going to be looking at this passage here. This morning, uh, we looked at walking in the truth, uh, which hopefully will have come across that it showed itself in, in love and obedience. Um, and John, in his letter this morning, encouraged us this morning to run away from false teachers and to cling on to the gospel, uh, to cling on to the person of Christ. I repeated that numerous times this morning, I'm aware. So hopefully that's sunk in. If it hasn't, um, I think you've got a live stream, so you, you could have a look again and hear that repeated back to you again and again. Uh, but this evening, my hope is by exploring three John, we will actually demonstrate love well. That we will be the home of hospitality. Um, having received such great hospitality today, um, I, I am definitely preaching to the choir um, I think you may have mastered it, but um, let's see what God's word has to say to us. So let's turn to this book. Within this letter, John commends to us Gaius and Demetrius, and they are great examples of obedience to the command, love one another, found in the second letter that John writes. And the way they demonstrate this is by showing hospitality. Uh, They show hospitality to visiting preachers and to the workers of the truth, of the gospel. On the other hand, we see the issue of a person who does not put Christ first. um, Or even put his fellow brothers and sisters ahead of himself. Um, This man's name is Diotrephus. Potentially, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but I'm going to go with Diotrephus today. You can correct me later. And we see him and his problem in verse 9. And what you'll see there, he's a disruptor, and he shows the opposite of hospitality. John then encourages Gaius to continue to be the home of hospitality and not to follow in Diotrephus's footsteps. I don't want to brag, but I have the most hospitable parents. I've said that, I've written that before I came here. So I'm not sure, where, there's, there's, there's kind of a different level going on here. So I've written that, but bear with me. I don't want to brag, I have the most hospitable parents. It's bonkers. I don't remember a Sunday where someone would not be welcomed back into the family home, either for lunch uh, or after an evening service. Our house was always full as a child, and it still is today. My parents love God and they love people. And this has rubbed off, particularly on my brother. Uh, When he was around five or six years old, uh, my parents had decided that they were going to have a nice quiet evening. Uh, they didn't want uh, everyone to come around after the Sunday service today. They'd had enough. Uh, they'd had people around for lunch. It was time to put their feet up and relax. So my parents do love to chat. Um, if you've ever met them, you'll know that. They do love to chat with people. So naturally, they were the last out of the church building. 
They made their way back home uh, with my brother and myself in the back of the car. We arrived back on the farm track. Now, the farm track's about 250 yards. You go up and you get to uh, go up a hill and then suddenly it flattens off. And we reach the, the brow of the hill and we see in the distance loads and loads of cars. There's cars everywhere and people stuck outside our house wondering, where are they? Tad turns to, his, to my mum and says, did you ask people back this evening? My mum replied, no, I didn't. My brother then uh, shouts, I did, I did. Dad sighs and he says, okay, I'll pop out and get some bread. Maya, go put the kettle on. This is just a small snapshot of the beauty of hospitality. Uh, but before we dive in, we actually need to understand that hospitality in this world, in the Greco-Roman world in which John writes, that just means where the Romans and the Greek culture dominated, okay? Um, hospitality has a far bigger context. To show hospitality in this context wasn't just giving a meal. Um, it wasn't just having a nice cup of tea after the Sunday service. Uh, it's more than that in this context. You see, Gaius, who we see in this letter, would have people stay at his home. He would welcome people who were classed as strangers to him and by the public. He would give them a place to stay. And by doing this, he actually affiliates himself to them. He gives them legal status, legal rights, by changing their status from stranger to a guest. You see, Gaius would have to vouch for them, and he would be a great protector of those workers or the preachers that would come. If you remember this morning, we saw that showing hospitality to a false teacher meant that you shared in their work. Well, therefore, the opposite is true. If you shall show hospitality to a, a, someone who believes the word of God and preaches it in its full extent, you share in that good work. By showing hospitality, what actually happens is you can put your name under scrutiny. But that's why it is a heavy, it's a heavy burden. But a burden that as churches, we really should be excited about. We should be the home of hospitality. I've got five points for you this evening. I know some of you were yawning before I came in, uh, but believe me, they're quite short. Gospel friendship is my first point. Um, and you'll see gospel friendship in verses one to four. And then you'll see the home of hospitality in verses five to eight. And then we see inward in hospitality. I know that, that needs work, but there we are. Inward in hospitality, verses 9 to 10. And then verses 11 to 12, we see the plea for good. And then finally, 13 to 15, we see gospel friendship once again. Okay, if you were writing notes... Let's just, let's just get to the, each point, and I'll remind you of the titles there. 
But the main title, the main thing I want you to get out this evening is the church is to be the home of hospitality, okay? There we are. So, point number one, gospel friendship. Look at verses one to four. There we get a real insight to John and Gaius's friendship. Look, look there, it is evident that it is a gospel-shaped friendship. Uh, the affection of such words as beloved, love, rejoice over, really shows that this is a tight, close-knit, godly friendship. Arguably, it is a friendship that can only be achieved by the work of the gospel in the lives of people. John describes his love for Gaius within the truth, and that isn't a kind of wishy-washy, disnified, romantic version of love. No, as I said this morning, morning, love is hard. It is a nitty-gritty love. It is a love shaped by the cross. It is a love that is sacrificial, difficult, where we have to say hard things to one another. It's not easy to love one another. And often we think in churches, everything should be easy. It's all hunky-dory. We've all got to be pulling in the same direction all the time. And everyone's got to be happy all the time. Isn't that true? Well, it doesn't work like that. No, love, love is hard. It's hard work. Love is Christ-centred. And that is not a flippant thing to say. You see, John then, in verse 2, prays over his beloved Gaius. And he, comm- um, sorry, he prays over Gaius here, both for his physical health and his spiritual health. And then verse 3, we see Gaius is commended by fellow Christians as showing the gospel effect in his life. The word of God has been planted deep in Gaius. And he expresses that word in an overflow of grace that God himself pours onto him. He then pours that onto his brothers and sisters that he has in Christ. And you see here, John is delighted because he is showing the fruit of the gospel in his life. This is a gospel that it seems John preached himself to Gaius. That is what the word children in verse 4 implies. Gaius is children. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. This section is actually quite challenging for us. It's a really challenging start to a letter. If you look around the church, would you commend people like this? Look at those verses again. Would you commend people like this? Has the gospel changed you? Has the great love of the Father displayed by the death of the Son, brought to us by the Holy Spirit, really changed you? Do you walk like Gaius walks? Do you love like Gaius loves? And who's Gaius imitating? Well, he imitates Christ, doesn't he? 
He loves like Christ loves. And that is the hard call of being a Christian. It is hard, but it is an incredible work. Secondly, see, I I told you it was a short point. Secondly, let us look at how, in a particular way, Gaius puts Christ's love into action. So secondly, the home of hospitality, verses 5 to 8. John here doesn't immediately tell us that Gaius shows hospitality. He merely, he, he implies it. He does say that he is faithful to the strangers, uh, that is the preachers or the workers of Christ, who, who then commend him. He encourages Gaius to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. They do not need anything from elsewhere, for Gaius provides That's what it says in verse 7. And in verse 8, the NIV translates the word hospitality. And it's used there in the NIV. And the Greek word uh, could or should be translated in this way. You see, Gaius is a welcomer of strangers. You see, in this time, a preacher or a a worker in this time would be a stranger. And Gaius wouldn't be able to check their Facebook account or their Instagram account to see whether they're worth their salt. He couldn't check their sermons on YouTube, which is both a daunting and a really exciting thing. No, Gaius, despite a lack of knowledge of his visitors, he welcomes them. He sticks his neck on the line for them. He welcomes the strangers. He turns their status from strangers to guests, and he protects them. Legally, he would vouch for them. He gives them rights in the town where he lives, where they would have none. As a result, you see, Gaius is commended by his fellow brothers and sisters. His display of love for them is commended before the church itself. John here then expresses that he sent them in a manner worthy of God. John is telling Gaius, keep showing that love, the love that he displays Keep showing Christ-like love and send them, on a way in, send them away in a manner worthy of God. What does that look like? Well, we don't really know, but it could mean something like practical needs or their spiritual needs. It may be praying over them over a long journey ahead. It may be giving them food for the journey ahead, clothing. Give them what they need. That's what John is saying. Continue to deny yourself. And give, give for the sake of the kingdom of God. That's what verse 7 describes. They have gone out for the sake of the name. They've gone out for the sake of the name, and that is the gospel. And they don't have to associate with the Gentiles. They don't need to go to the hotels where the Gentiles were. Why? Because they weren't a place for a Christian to go. Now John here is saying, continue to provide, continue to offer shelter, to cover them, to show support, show them hospitality. And by doing this, John and Gaius' friendship will continue to grow because the fruit of grace will be grown within them and both the gospel and their friendship will flourish as a result. So if we become the home of hospitality as a church, we will flourish. 
If God's grace pours out in you and out to the others, then that should be shown by hospitality. You see, the gospel is actually really practical. It doesn't let go and let God. It's God graces, so I must show grace also. It's Christ pouring out his life on the cross, and therefore I devote my life to Christ by loving him, obeying him, and loving people. Welcoming people, show them hospitality, care for them. The, the gospel, it, it's sitting down and it's tough, but it's great. It's love, and that's what God is all about. Thirdly, John now comes to the inward-minded, inhospitable Diotrephus. Love in the gospel is hard. And John here writes a hard thing for the glory of God. Here we're confronted with a man who is inward-looking. He seeks to be the top. He is not humble like Gaius. He does not follow the teachings of John which we believe to be authoritative by the Spirit. Here we see the opposite of, hosp of hospitality in action. Here we see the danger of self-serving. If we put ourselves first, we will cause friction. We cause friction within the church. If all we think about is how we benefit from the church, how we need to be praised, then not only does it cause division, in the church, but it denies the truth of Christ in your life. Christians aren't inward driven. We're outward focused, self-deniers who love one another, who focus on the Saviour completely. We focus on a self-denying Saviour who put others before himself. That's what love is. Our culture says to us, look after number one, you first. But actually, by God's grace, you've been saved from that. You've been saved in order to deny yourself and follow Christ. And Diotrephus isn't dis displaying that here. He does not show hospitality. He's an anti-Gaius. He is a disruptor, and John, when he visits, will have to bring this up. Bring up what Diotrephus is doing. Now, that's not going to be easy. So often we can brush this kind of behaviour under the carpet. Pretend it's not there, but that's not the gospel way. Now, love one another be means being able to say hard things for the good of the church, for the flourishing of the gospel, and for the glory of Christ himself. Loving one another is an effective attribute of God himself. So if you don't love each other like Diotrephus doesn't love others, John here actually implies that is evil. And you'll see that in verse 11. That's tough to hear. But God's love, which all Christians must be displaying in our lives... Diotrephus is either a Christian who is acting counter to God's, God's love to him and he'd need to repent of that and display the outflow of God's love or he isn't really a Christian at all. 
So if you are putting you first, then just consider. Consider your status before God. Do you need to repent of that? Are you like Gaius or Diotrephus? Fourthly, John in verse 11 and 12, he pleads for us to do good. He says to Gaius, don't, don't imitate Diotrephus. Don't follow in his footsteps. Do what you are doing. Stay hospitable. Be the home of hospitality. Be what Christians and thus the church are meant to be. It says, those who do good are from God. That doesn't mean Gandhi or, or Buddha or just nice people are Christians. That's not what he's saying. No, he, he means those who've been changed from death to life by the grace of God. We are to act out that grace by the good works that we do. And he's encouraging guys again, be hospitable. He's encouraging us here today, continue to be hospitable. Do that. Don't follow Diotrephus. Don't be this inward-looking man. Soon, very soon, you will have to show hospitality as a church. Soon you will have a joy of welcoming a new pastor, a dear brother, a friend of mine. Your call, really relevantly from 3 John, is to imitate Gaius, to do good to him. It is not to imitate Diotrephus and do evil. In verse 12, we're introduced to a new character named Demetrius. And he's now commended by John. And we want people like that to talk about us like that, don't we? Christians who talk about us in high regard. People like Gaius and Demetrius. They are talked well about in the church. And think think on this. Here we have... Two characters, Gaius and Diotrephus, who are thought well of in the church. Uh, Demetrius, sorry, not Diotrephus. Gaius and Demetrius, thought well of in the church. But think on this. Diotrephus, his name is etched into the eternal word of God as an example of not to follow. An example of not to follow because he does not display God's love. He does not show hospitality. Can you imagine that? We need to imitate Christ in this. Do good. Not to win salvation for yourself. Do good to, but do good to display God's love for you. My plea and, I, and John's plea is that we all do good. That people will tell of the good that we do in the community. That we are the home of hospitality. That people say, oh, they're really friendly and they really love people. That, that Christ would be so evident in our lives that people can't help but commend you to others. And then finally, John returns to gospel friendship again. I love the way that John finishes these letters. 
Uh, he, he longs to be with Gaius. Contrasting the second letter of John, you see in John 2, that, that meeting is going to be quite a joyful meeting, isn't it? But this meeting, this face-to-face chat, is actually going to be quite tough. He has to tell Gaius about the slander that he has received. He has to tell Gaius about all that Diotrephus has done to prevent the, God, the word of God from flourishing. That's going to grieve Gaius. And it's going to grieve the church. At the heart of this letter is a church discipline issue. But no doubt, through the love of God, through gospel friendship, through the self-sacrificial that love of John and that Gaius have, and the mirroring of the love of Christ, the church will not crumble. But by addressing this issue, the gospel will flourish. The glory of God will be seen as people are reconciled, as peace is restored. If we can demonstrate this nitty-gritty, hard-working kind of love, this hospitable but also really hard-work love, the gospel flourishes. God's glory is displayed. If we display the change, Christ has done within us through him reconciling us to the father we will also be reconciled to one another I find it amazing how practical grace is my prayer is that you as a church would really show this grace in action you already have to me and Marnie today but keep going keep going Please welcome Dalan and his family. Show the love that God has evidently shown you by sending his son to die for you. Deny yourselves daily. Follow Christ. Be the home of hospitality. Reflect the love of God with one another. So you don't end up with friction. So you don't end up with division. Let's pull in the same direction. Put Christ as the centre. If Christ is at the centre of your life, if he's everything to you, then you will want to imitate him. And you'll be motivated by his love for you. My message is don't be a a diatrephus. Be a Gaius. Be a lover of people. Be a lover of men and women who seek to proclaim the name of Jesus. Have good gospel friendships. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Christ for he is worth all the glory. He's worth denying yourself for. Show the love that he has loved you with and by God's grace you will grow to become more like him. By God's grace you will flourish.